and I want to turn to the phones right now and welcome Emma. Emma, you're you're questioning about divorce. Um, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and what's your question? Um, you know, is divorce is it the most stressful experience for a family? I for a family, I would say it is. It can it can be enormously stressful. It can be one of the top stressors that anyone may ever go through. Of course, there are other stressors. If you look at list of stressors, you some people get much more stressed out about public speaking than they do about uh, anything else, going to war. <laughs> you know, some people, active combat's a stressor, the death of a child is a stressor. But if you're talking, are you talking about yourself? Are you going through a divorce right now? Uh, just going uh, over over the divorce, but then, you know, you look at children. And you're worried about your kids. Correct. Okay. So how old are your kids? Uh, five and three. Five and three years old. So you've got little ones at home. And um, I, I, later I want to recommend a book for you. Uh, but what's, tell me what's going on in your situation that's stressing you out personally. Uh, for the boy, I, I guess, you know, it's that, oops, sorry, not having that father figure, so they get um, more more vocal in being combated, and the, the daughter is more um, introvert going into herself. And so she's shy. Who is the five-year-old, the boy? The boy. And the three-year-old is just shy, just going into herself? Yeah, it's just like just going into herself and being quiet and... Um, like staying away from people and things like that. Okay, so she doesn't quite know how to deal with the situation. Right. Is that a change from how she was at age two? Yeah, because she was really lively and bubbly. Oh, that's sad, isn't it, to see that yes. in your own child? And with your son, was he also a little happy-go-lucky and he changed too, or was he always combative? He was a social butter butterball, a butterfly, whatever they call it, you know. Okay. So yeah. both of your kids need to have an opportunity to put this in perspective. Let me tell you what, ha what one of the reasons it's so stressful for kids is they don't understand that it's an adult issue. They may have heard you and dad fight. Was that the case at all? Uh, yeah, and the, the, the uh, what I want to say, the, the camel that the broke the camel's back was when he started, instead of beating me, going after the children. That was <gasps> it. Okay, so they are scared. So this isn't—he was physically abusive to your two kids. Well, with well, the little girl, and that—that was it. And your son saw this? No, he didn't. Okay, he didn't. My son but didn't that is scary as all get out. No wonder she's become shy. Mm -hmm. So several things happen. Um, first, kids have a view of themselves, and when they're happy-go-lucky, I mean, we could guess what they would say about themselves, but it's like, oh, life is fun, or I'm a good person, or I'm having fun today. They see themselves as being decent people. When they get yelled at, or spanked, or hit, or sworn at, they might conclude something different. I'm bad, or daddy, I'm unlovable, or I'm a failure, or I'm a loser you know, some negative view. Uh -huh. And then they might adopt a view of other people, not only the view of themselves, but they might adopt a view of others as, man, if I had a big dad and I'm a little three-year-old or two-year-old kid and a dad going to hit me, might what might I think about adults? Correct. Yeah, they hurt me. They're scary people. 
They can turn on you. They can love you one minute, hug you, tuck you into bed, and then hit you. And they can hit mommy. They can hit big people too if the kids saw that. And so th- it, what's happening is their view of their se- themselves, their view of other people, and the view of the world. I mean, if you're happy-go-lucky, you see kids at playgrounds, and some of them go in there and they just they make friends with all the other kids, and they say, you want to come on the swings with me? And others just go in a corner and are, look like they're afraid of the world. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. And so the kids have different views of can they go after their values? Can they befriend other people? So it sounds like what happened with your your ex was very devastating for the two kids, the little ones. But that doesn't mean that you can't help turn it around. Um, and one of the things you can do is help give them a better view of themselves and of other people to be around people who are more trustworthy. Are they around people who are loving like a grandma or people who have never, never hit them or sworn at them or um, been mean to them? They're very partial to my to my mom. They're close to mom. Yeah. And tell me what's going through your mind right now, Emma. Uh, um, uh, I'm very good at gesture. I think I sometimes try to be my own psychologist, whether that's good for the good or bad, but it helps me because it it helps me to move on to the next level, Uh, you know, order of things and just keep going. Okay. um, So if if you're hearing what I'm saying, it's your kids' view of themselves and other people in the world that changes. Those are actually called core ideas that all of us have. My view of myself, my view of other people, my view of the world. Hey, if I were um, at a different point in my life, I might have felt real insecure, a very different view. So you, what you, if your goal is to help yourself and your kids through this period, number mm-hmm. one, I would get a cute little book called Dinosaur's Divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's a book that the, it starts off by saying, Mommy and Daddy are no longer together, but it is not your fault. I'm paraphrasing it. And kids need to hear that it's not their fault that Daddy left home because sometimes kids assume the guilt of adult problems. You know, it's because I didn't clean my room yesterday. And so that book puts things in perspective. Um, There's also a book, Some Secrets Are For Telling, about uh, that might be one you might you could read to yourself and maybe help the kids with it, but the kids don't have to ever keep secrets. I mean, some secrets are fun—a birthday party or a surprise Christmas gift—but um, some secrets are for telling. Meaning, if anyone hits them or hurts them the way Dad did, do mm-hmm. they still have yep. contact with Dad? No. No, they don't. Okay. No. So uh-huh. they may, and you can also try to find a better father figure in their life, whether you end up having a boyfriend or whether there's a grandpa or whether there's a neighborhood older kid that's a really clean, good kid that likes to babysit with them. They can have an adult in their life or a teenager in their life who's a good kid to them, and that will help them repair the damage done too. So those those can help. So listen, I want to thank you for your call. And you can go to my web. Uh, I don't know if we have dinosaurs divorce on my website, but you can Google that, Emma. 
All right, ma'am. Okay. Thank you very much for the call, and good luck with the two kids, and be good to yourself, too, because divorce is stressful. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. Yeah? The owner of it is Roger Enright, one of those self-made men. Stubborn and rich as blazers. It's always safe to denounce the rich. Everyone will help you. The rich first. Yeah! And, and that's about envy, and that's from The Fountainhead. My favorite author wrote that book, and her name is Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. That book, The Fountainhead, and her other book, um, Atlas Shrugged, changed my life. I went back and got my Ph.D. after being a housewife for a while. Fabulous books. They're romantic, passionate, they're page-turners, and absolutely wonderful. Uh, but what happens if you're dealing with someone who's envious of you, and they say you're rich? Well, you know, rich people come in all varieties. There can be the dishonest rich, or there can be bureaucrats who get rich on taxpayer money, or there can be the honest rich, the self-starter, the person who takes risks and becomes very successful through their own effort. And many people resent the, the rationally successful person and try to tear them down, try to lump them in the category of... Uh, the, the bad people, as if rich means that it's something bad. But rich may be productive, that they're wealth producers. So you want to look at your own life. And if you are producing something good, whether it's in your own character, you like the person you're making yourself into, or whether it's a material good, that you are good at what you do, whether it's a service you provide, or whether you run a restaurant and you do a very nice job, you don't just uh, make it by, or whether you produce a new, uh, the iPhone, you want to feel proud of that and enjoy whatever wealth you've earned because you've earned it. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. A romance killer is the joy killer of being mentally passive. When you let your mind rust, you become dull. You become a shallow person with no serious interests or goals. Some people passively copy what others value or make choices based on unanalyzed failings. For example, Benson reveals, my dad went to college and became an accountant. He told me to do the same, so that's what I ended up doing. I don't like it, but it's a living. Benson is taking a passive approach to his own life. What if he does the same in romance, falling into a marriage without knowing what he wants, only thinking purposefully about what you want, followed by action, will bring vitality to your life. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.